Previously on Out of the Mix. If only I had a man cave that had platinum records and gold records on the wall. I think I'd spend all my time in there as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have to banish me. Well, you sound genuinely excited, then that, I mean, that gets us excited. Oh, good. The surfing probably helps, though. It'll never catch on. Uh, oh, if you only knew. I know. I know. <laughs> Drummers know, though. That's right, yeah. damn it. When yeah. that hand, those hands come down, man. They better be ready. <laughs> <laughs> when we left off, we were just about to Place the needle down on side two of uh, Kenny Loggins' iconic record, High Adventure. And um, if there's a great way to start a second episode or a second side, it's got to be this tune. This is Yacht Rock Royalty, this song. What is it, the uh, second highest rated song on the Yachtsky scale? I know it's a 99.63. So a couple people had some issues with it, apparently. Well, I don't know what. <laughs> Tris, are you familiar with this Yachtsky scale? Do you know what that is? I sure do, man. Yeah, uh, Hollywood Steve and, yep. and JD and I are in touch, man. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so I, I awesome. do know all about it. And I... Uh, I, those guys are hysterically fun. Man. <laughs> it's speaking well, of yacht rock royalty, yeah, yeah, right. They the inventors of the term, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, this I you know this is pure uncut yacht rock. Um, well, look what it, you got. You got David Foster on grand piano and Michael McDonald on Rhodes. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like right there. Well, don't forget Sanborn does the sax. Oh, that's solo. right. I mean, these are all. This just puts it so you can see why it's number two on the list. Yeah. And Lenny Castro on percussion during the session as well. Paulina da Costa on congas, it says. Yeah. Right. And and well, it was both. So how much of this is being cut together at the same time? Then are these guys cutting it all with you? Lenny was at the at the at the tracking date. Uh, okay. We did Foster, McDonald, me, um, the bass player, whom I don't want to throw under the bus, so I won't name him right now. Because <laughs> yeah, there's a big story I'm about to tell you. All right. Uh, me uh, and uh, was there a guitar player? I'm trying to remember uh, the guitar. Yeah, I don't have that written in my notes in yeah, front of me. Then so. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah. I, uh, uh, <clears throat> maybe there wasn't on that track. But uh, I believe the, the uh, percussionist was Lenny Castro. So um, we cut this track without a click track and which oh, sounds okay. odd because of the nature of the tune of the quarter note but we did it without a click track and now this bass player and i were flaming man throughout the thing you know and i was like digging in just going man it, it's got to be me. <laughs> I'm insecure enough to. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm a drummer. We're the first to take crap from everybody, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's your fault. Uh, I'm uncomfortable and it's all your fault. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so I'm thinking it's me, right? And uh, and here we are with Foster and Michael McDonald, and and I'm going, oh my God, I don't know whether we got this today, whether we, you know. So I stayed after with Botnick, um, with Bruce Botnick, and uh, I said, God, man, dude, do you think we have the track? And and uh, so 
he he at, back then the only way to measure uh, measure to measure was with a stopwatch. So he was going timing the measures. Oh, yeah, no, that's all right. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. And it was like throughout the tune, it was it was fine. So what they did was they they originally wanted Abe Laboriel or Nathan East on, on okay. this track, but they couldn't get them. They were both booked. So the bass player that they brought in, I'd never worked with before. And and uh, God, he's a great bass player. Um, but, you know, sometimes it just you don't feel things exactly in the same spot. So they brought yeah. him back in the next day and they had him punch in bar by bar because it had to be so exact. Those quarter notes and the don't don't don't. You know, all those those kicks were so important because it was like, you know, fought, I, uh, McDonald and the bass uh, playing those. The left hand. As well, okay. with, as well as the bass drum. So it had to line up. Without a click, though, <clears throat> it's not easy to do, you know. So uh, so anyway, they punched in the bass, basically, on every bar. And when you hear the record now, you'd never know it. It sounds... No! You know, yeah, so... It sounds great. It, it, <laughs> and there's, it's actually very busy too. On top of what you had to nail on the the quarters, right? I yeah. mean, there's a lot oh, of yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. W- which really sticks out and, and gives the, the song a certain character too. So yeah, it's oh. like you can't miss the bass on this song. I can only imagine the whole time Foster's in, in inside his head saying, "Oh, I know exactly what's wrong," but I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, David, <laughs> yeah, because he is, his ears are so good. But when would he ever not say it is the question. That's true. You know, it's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, he wasn't producing. So, uh, right. Like, That's yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe he wrote the bridge at the at, like there on, on the date. I don't think the bridge was written until. Wow. Until we cut it. And OK. It was pretty spontaneous. Most of that. So this wasn't one you had a lot of pre-rehearsal on, or did you pre-rehearsed all the other parts? There was zero on that one. Yeah, and this ended up being the biggest hit off the record. I it? know, man, it's one of my favorite record records I've ever done with Kenny. Actually, uh, uh, I just love it, man. I love everything about it now. But it wasn't easy, I gotta say. Yeah. Whereas others come easier, you know. Uh, but you never know it. It doesn't sound like that's that, so though. funny because when we read uh, Ted Templeman's book, um, the other, the number one song on the Yatsky scales, "What a Fool Believes," and getting the groove right on that one for the Doobie Brothers took forever too. And it wasn't until Ted Templeman went in and played as a second drummer that the groove finally locked. Ah. So uh, it's kind of funny. The top two songs were laborious to get the groove exactly right. right. Interesting. And and mm. then sound is relaxed and natural as they do. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. exactly. Especially what a fool believes. You listen to that, you're like, what? What, what was the problem? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but like you said, sometimes it's just locking the whole groove together. Just, you but know, that goes back to, to what yeah. we were saying before, that it's amazing how a bass player can change what a drummer is doing or how a drummer feels. And there is, there's nothing better than when it's just right. Isn't that true? Absolutely. For man. a drummer. Oh, it, man. And the, there are our bass players that 
uh, in my experience, that are just like power steering for me. You know, yeah. that's like <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Nathan East being one of them for sure. And George Hawkins, man, I'll tell you, they had the field of those two guys, man, uh, rest his soul, George. I mean, you know, we did all that, uh, keep the fire, all the early logging yeah. stuff together. And uh, and Nathan, man, they're just so easy to play play with. And Vernon's another one, of course, April Boreal and and uh, Lee Sklar and the list goes yeah. on and on. But well, you've got a certain sensibility to the way you play, and you can bring in another great bass player with all kinds of accreditation. If his sensibility is counter to yours, it doesn't always matter how good each of you are if it doesn't match. Is that right? That's so true. In fact, yeah. it's happened uh, without naming names of, of uh, other. Uh, big name session bass players that I like I had always thought God I would love to record with this guy man I love everything he does and thinking that that we feel things in the same spot in the same spot but in fact it was it would be like oil and water mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. it is. and just yep. you know those I mean it's such a uh, a minute little difference in feel but it makes all the difference uh, to the feel of the song you know and, uh, yeah, that's why we talk so much about real players and real instruments, you know, from yeah. this era. It's just it's such a difference because that nuance you can't get, you know, putting loops and sequencers together. So, no. well, I just wanted to mention one other thing. Uh, oil and water, you said. I just wanted to mention oil and vinegar, which are <laughs> two of the backup vocalists. One of the oh, favorite yeah. things that, you know, as I started studying what Yacht Rock is and all these personnel and then you find out, wait, those two went on to do that? One of the most interesting discoveries was what Richard Page and Steve George, who apparently were lifelong friends, playing together on Kenny Loggins' records, and then they went on to become... Mr. Mister. Yeah, Pages and then Mr. Oh, Mister. Pages yeah. first, yeah. right. But I, I was talking about Mr. Mister, 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 though, eventually. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. crazy. You don't hear any... I mean, I, you got to really want to hear it to, to hear the... I don't yeah. know what you guys think to hear what they were doing in pages and what they're doing in Mr. Mister. I don't hear any pages in Mr. Mister at all. And that's, what's so brilliant is how they reinvented completely. They did. They really did, man. They became chameleons <laughs> uh, because they're uh, great at both. I mean, boy. Oh, yeah, really, man. Uh, I, we all love pages so much. I remember being uh, <clears throat> on a tour bus with Kenny and band uh, after the night watch album. Or maybe it was Keep the Fire. And uh, Bobby Columbia, uh, you know, who was then uh, 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 an executive at CBS, sent us a copy of this Pages album that he'd produced. We could not believe our ears. I mean, everybody from Kenny throughout the, the, the whole band thought it was the best music we'd ever heard in our lives and maybe the best band. And uh, we ended up doing <laughs> a show together. They opened for us in Las Vegas at the Aladdin. And, man, we were all on the side of the stage singing every song with them. Man. That's we, knew- <laughs> we just oh. loved them so much. Yeah. All right, put you on the spot. Don't don't think quick answer. Who wore it best? Uh, who's right? Who's wrong? Kenny Loggins or Pages? Uh, or man, someone else? That or somebody else? Loggins. All right. Loggins. We agree on that one. Then. No, we disagree on that one. I'm a, well, I am a Pages nut. And I love Pages, too. But... Uh, I mean that's a toughie. I liked I liked the variation of the sort of the dynamics, and John thought it was too herky jerky or something yep. like that. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, let's get back on track in back the next to track. Yeah. Oh yes. It's if it's not what you're looking for. Yeah. 
and none other uh, co-write with Foster on this one. Yeah. And well, you know, they cut that twice. And I think there was another. Mm. This has that up and coming bass player you were talking about on it. Mr. Right. Nathan East. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And uh, they had cut it actually originally uh, with um, Don Felder on guitar, Jeff Picaro on drums. Um, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe it was Nathan East on bass. It was during that period when, when uh, uh, early on in the recording of the album, like I said, they cut Don't Fight It mm-hmm. First, I think. And then it was probably. Probably if it's not what you're looking for. Now I'm not sure whether it was a whether it was the key or uh, something about that track, which I absolutely loved. I'd heard the track with Jeff and and uh, Don Felder, and it was killer. And uh, for whatever reason, Kenny wasn't comfortable with it, so <clears throat> he had us go back in and cut it. But I I got to tell you, Jeff's part was so perfect that I absolutely note for note did my best to plagiarize. I was so. going to ask that because I, when, when you said that Jeff played on an earlier version, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I could really hear Jeff playing this one or even Toto doing it. And so now knowing that you're sort of doing your Jeff impersonation, yeah. that, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Except my drums sounded not nearly as good as his <laughs> to my mm-hmm. ears. But, mm-hmm. but I love yeah. that song. I really love that song. Huge, but, huge chorus. In yeah. yeah and it, I was going to say, it gets really big and anthemic in places. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just cool. And, but there's these nice little drum accents here and there. And as you say that now, I'm thinking, well, who was the master of nice little drum accents here and there in ghosting yeah. and things? And it was none other than Jeff Picardo. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just wanted to go back to the guitar player again was Neil Giraldo. Well, um, are you talking about if it's not what you're looking for? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was Hamilton on that, I thought. Because it's got it's listed as Neil. Oh, I'm you sure. Sorry. Are you sure? I'm not. I could have a flag thrown we on. Might me. have a flag thrown. I because I have Neil <laughs> on the next tune. I have him on. It must be imagination. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Let's see. Hmm. Uh, well, shoot. You know, I mean, I I could be wrong as hell here. I wasn't well, there for the overdubs. Uh, you know, like we mentioned at the what? top of the show. Uh, that's what a, track yeah. is this? Let's see. This is what track, track is seven. This? So I think you maybe oh, you had your I'm number. Wrong. Damn it. Okay. Well, move that whole section to the next song. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tom. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, we're going to just, we're going to allow this to be your flag moment. Maybe I won't even uh, drop in the referee sound effect and just let you live. <laughs> Everything I said applies to it must be imagined. <laughs> well, let's move on to that one then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So it's a co-write uh, with with uh, Max Max Gronenthal, Gronenthal. from well, Grand Funk. I never knew how to say his name. He has been with Grand Funk for a number of years now, but wasn't back then. Max Max Gronenthal is arguably one of the talk about ones that got away. That guy has one of the greatest voices in rock and roll, much like Michael Finnegan, who just passed away not too long ago, who uh, if you don't know who that guy is, you got to check him. out. I don't. He, 
Well, okay. I'll just tell you about Max Gronenthal. Then okay. I'll, I'll tell you about Mike Finney. Max Gronenthal actually was was uh, uh, going to be in the original Kenny Loggins band, except Kenny said, "No, you got. I can't have somebody in the band that sings better than I do." <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, that makes sense. I mean, come on, yeah. Max Gronenthal, if you remember a song by 38 Special called A Heart Needs a Second Chance. Yo, is that him? He wrote it and sang it, and that was their last hit. I love that song. He had joined 38 Special while the other uh, singer was doing something else. Wrote that and and sang it for the band. Wow. But had done two solo albums before that that were two of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. And I forget one's Whistling in the Dark, I think, or something to that effect. But he went on to become Max Carl, right? They Because the record company said his name was too hard to pronounce. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> so yeah, case in point. <laughs> Max Carl. So speaking of bass players, I did an album that didn't come out, uh, unfortunately, with Max Carl. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the, the great uh, bass player, left-handed bass player, Jimmy Haslip, played bass on it. And uh, God, it was a great album, but it was another one that just got away. Anyway. There's a lot that got away. Uh, I know. I back know. then, yeah. man. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, Kenny loved Max, uh, Max Glonthal. He actually was the lead singer of, of the band called Jack Mack and the Heart Attack, too, if you ever heard of them in no, the 80s. I've not. Uh, yeah, Glenn Fry of the Eagles produced them. They were sort of oh. a phenomena in L.A. It was uh, about a, an 11-piece uh, uh, R&B band, R&B band, rather, that, that did everything from James Brown to, you know, Otis Redding to, you know, and just killed it. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I actually subbed in, uh, for the original drummer for a while in that band. And boy, did we have fun. But Max Gronenthal, or Max Carl, has this distinction. He... Uh, was and and band Jack Mack and the Heart Attack were playing at this big party in Texas for some millionaire Godzillionaire who hired <laughs> them and the James Brown band. So dig this. Wow, James Brown was watching Max sing, and actually had his guy go get his robe and walk no. and put it on Max. On Max. Wow. I mean, God, what a moment. <laughs> I wasn't there for that, but I know it's true. Everybody in the band told me. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah. So I'm speechless at that, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah, just picturing that. I'm sorry. I'm wandering all over. The- no, no, it's okay. That's cool. I did, uh, I did want to get back to, I believe I'm hearing your Simmons on this one. Uh, you know what? Would that, that was, be you? That was pre-Simmons, if you can believe that. That Are they was like that. the Sin Airs or whatever? Yeah, well, the Sin, the sin Airs, right, were out, as were Sin Drums. And they, okay. But I didn't have any uh, with me at that point. They'd sort of gone by the wayside, fallen out of fashion. But Kenny wanted to hear that kind of sound. So that was done, and I wish I could tell you that the piece of equipment, the pull tech or the whatever it was that, that uh, they were using, but... Those were acoustic drums, and, and that Kenny actually turned manually. Boom, boom. And oh, to make them sound like electronic drums. Yeah, 
Okay. You know? But I remember Tom Scott, Tom Scott, who was cutting in Ocean Way too, uh, just happened to be next door. So he came in to watch that session. And when I was oh, really? overdubbing the drums. Yeah, I overdubbed the drums on that too. And uh, I was very flattered that he was interested enough and in, I guess to hang out. So so the toms you were doing as an overdub, you mean? And no, when they that, were uh, the whole uh, that whole track that drums were oh. overdubbed to to click, I guess it was like a, uh, a drum machine yeah. or something. Or Maybe it okay. was drum machine. So there was something already in place. Might have been Lynn. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, where are we now, Tom? Uh, I think we're headed into the last track on the record, aren't we? Another uh, Loggins McDonald composition, Only a Miracle. For a boy, time can be loved dance, but suddenly the music can fade. Basically a piano vocal kind of thing with Marty Page's uh, wonderful orchestral arrangement. This one, this is like uh, the end of side one. This is another one of those just all of a sudden we're going to go into a completely different space. We're going to take a breath and just it just washes over you, this tune, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Kenny has, man, will just do that to you, you know. <laughs> make him rock your ass off and then turn around and just, you know, make me a blubbering little yeah on the floor crying about the lyric or something. You know? Oh, the lyrics in there. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Do you happen to know, because I'm trying to figure out where, usually you could hear a Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins collaboration, you could just hear it, right? You could hear both guys in there. Right. Do you know what uh, Michael did? Was it lyrics? Was it composition of the tune itself? Do you remember? I, on this one, I know absolutely zip, except that mm -hmm. I love the tune. Um, yeah. And I don't know who did what, what in, you know, uh, musically or lyrically or whatever, but you're so right. Normally you go, you can point yeah. it out immediately you know it's like a thumbprint that mcdonald loggins combo you know yeah. but what you said just a minute ago is so true if you look if you kind of you know zoom back and you look at kenny loggins career from the messina days through the current time you see so many different styles that he pulls off expertly but comfortably from, yeah comfortably yeah. right 
um, including what we call the yacht rock, which is a little of the funkier, jazzier stuff, but certainly the folksier stuff, like a Danny song, all the way to, you know, um, I just, uh, Valentine's Day was a reminder that my first date with my wife, we went and saw Top Gun. So I'm thinking of the danger zone, you know, it's <laughs> sure. a totally different sound. And we heard Forever on the way back from Ohio. Oh, uh, man, I love that record. Yeah. We played your intro, Phil, three times. <laughs> you know, I don't know whether you guys noticed, but I bought a, a, a set of Simmons and I didn't have to sell a kidney to get them either. Yeah. Because I'm using them with my band. There's no other way to get that sound. Other so those aren't the original ones that you've had all along. You had to go and re-find another set? I had to find them. Uh, cool. Yeah. I saw you doing the footloose thing with those. That's cool. Yeah. Oh my yep. God. Yep. I was so happy to be able to find some in working order. And like I say, yeah. I didn't have to pay a kidney for it because man, yeah. you know, they're so expensive now if you can find them. So yeah. But yeah. Save man. your settings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So uh yeah, Kenny is just always had that ability to to just jump from one genre to another, man, and seamlessly, you know, and even his countryside, you know, which is my particular favorite side of his work but but he's he's great man as a country uh, writer and singer yeah i was just gonna say he could compose in all those genres he can sing in all those genres yep. the music doesn't sound like it's a country boy trying to do funk or you know sometimes you can just feel when somebody's trying to hop genres it never feels that way with kenny yeah i agree yeah totally well that's kind of that's the record right there i mean this was uh we <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and joining us and talking this through. You, you shed so much light on this, um, um, but we did want to give you an opportunity to uh, quickly recast your, uh, give us a quick synopsis of the project you have going. If you want to give a quick uh, little teaser for people. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, my band, Tristan Bowden Yacht Stars, actually, um, uh one of the members was Vernon Porter that I mentioned from the High Adventure album, uh, who had lost a child to opiates. And uh, uh, and he and a friend of his uh, from Columbus, Ohio, also, who had a child uh, that, that was in trouble with opiates, uh, came up with a concept to team up on uh, uh, doing music uh, hopefully recorded music to hopefully benefit recovery from opiates. So uh, uh, he asked us if we would be interested in participating. And of course, everybody in the band said, hell yeah. Then he mm -hmm. asked me if I would mind making a few phone calls. And I said, no, not in the least. So uh, I had called uh, first Michael McDonald, who said, I'm on board, man, count me in. Um, uh, same with Bill Champlin, uh, called Bill Medley from uh, the mm -hmm. Righteous Brothers. And uh, and then Richard Page became involved. Richard actually contributed two tunes to this project. Anyway, um, it came out incredibly well. I mean, we... Uh, it sounds wonderful. Dennis Moody, the great uh, engineer, recorded the basic tracks in his studio. And then uh, down here in San Diego is a guy, Alan Sanderson, who's a Grammy Award winning uh, engineer and producer uh, who used to be at Ocean Way, who mixed the, the project. Um, 
And uh, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the label it's come out on, on a Japanese um, label. But the, the, uh, all the proceeds from uh, this recording go to recovery from opioids. And so it's for a real, real great cause. And uh, we've already this year lost over 100,000 people to, uh, to opioid addiction. And uh, it's really, uh, I mean, it's, it's a terrible thing. So anyway, I'm so happy to have been able uh, to be asked uh, or to have had the opportunity to and was that the genesis then for this tour that you're planning? I know you've got a, a date booked in June. Did you decide, oh, well, we're getting the band together, we might as well get them out on the road. I know you said this was a couple of years in the making, but COVID got in the way. But yeah. is it is it tied to that project? Well, in any way? Kind of. Uh, I mean, it's 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 sort of my band as the rhythm section. Um, <clears throat> minus a couple of guys now. <laughs> uh, but but uh, uh, it's not like we're going to be performing those tunes live, though. Uh, right, they were right. Just only for uh, for this project. But uh, God, I wish I had them to play for you. We've actually heard them. Oh. We got approached by uh, Vernon and, and TJ. Uh-huh. Right. Who is oh, the, yeah, good. They right? sent us the tracks. That we have we're going to have them on the show, too. And the tracks sound outstanding. Oh. I mean, they're well-recorded. They're well-written, well-performed. John, you're the producer. Didn't you think they sounded great? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to learn more about that project. And it is a great cause, and it's great music. So we can't wait to hear more about that. Oh, and we can't wait to see the Tristan Bowden Yacht Stars out on the road. We'll be looking for that, for sure. Keep us updated. Well, I sure will. And there's something else that that uh there's going to be a big announcement here soon um about another band that i'm involved with um <laughs> wait i mean last time you were on you broke news so this is becoming a habit i know i don't know what, what can you tell us what can you tell us well lou pardini just left chicago right the band chicago mm-hmm. brilliant singer keyboardist lou pardini he wrote uh uh, for Smokey Robinson, just just to see her again, and you know, yeah, and he's you know in his own right, you know, kind of a big star in the Philippines and certain parts of the wor- world. Lou himself, anyway, Lou Keith Howland left a few months before him, the lead guitarist. Jeff Coffey left the same year I did, but I don't know whether you guys were aware of a little thing that we had started uh, before we all had left called bus number two. We were on this oh. other bus. The originals were on the one bus and we were on, we started oh. doing these late night, uh, you know, like periscope things from, from uh, broadcasts from the bus. And it kind of blew up, man. I mean, people were stay up, you know, like till three in the morning to watch us, you know, as we were traveling across America. Well, oh we just gosh. have this chemistry, right? Both musically and, and like, Comedy or or what's the word? Comedy wise, anyway. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, so anyway, if we'd floated the idea of maybe you know like even doing a a show, a reality based uh, show. So anyway, long story short, we're all not in Chicago anymore. Bus number two is going to be a thing. Ooh, that is <laughs> all right. Because that is a, musically we're put badass together too. So uh, I forgot. Uh, to, I was going to bring it. I got 
a vinyl copy of Chicago Now, the last record that you did. Oh. I found a vinyl copy since last time we talked. Oh, so I meant to show it to you, but oh, I got it. Is this a white vinyl? I got a, I've yeah. got one that's yep. like, ah, come yep. for you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Yeah. Now we just got to get Stone of Sisyphus out there. So. Oh, God, I love that album. That's the one I'm most proud of. Talk about one that got away. Yes. Oh, isn't that, John? Man, you're so like I just spoke with Peter Wolf the other day, man. It was so good to talk to him. He's in Florida now, too. We're going to be working together. So oh, yeah, I'm real excited ooh. about that. Yeah. You're you're a busy man, Tris. Yeah, what's that. left of me is going down kicking. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, thank you for uh, coming on and kicking it with us because this was awesome. Um, we'll have to do it again. Oh, I love uh, you guys, man. Please, let's. We love having you on. We'll definitely have you back. And once you're out on the road again, maybe this summer we'll have an excuse to get you back on and talk about something new. Excellent, man. Cool. Good deal. Maybe we'll let him pick the album next time. There you go. Ah, you pick the ooh, album. Interesting. <laughs> you, you, Professor Imboden, will assign the homework. <laughs> the plot sickens. Yeah. It, it does. <laughs> All right, Tris, be good, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, bro. All right. Thanks so much. All right, man. Guys. Well, that was fun. Um, more fun than I even expected. I thought you were going to say what I was thinking, which is uh, the most fun I've had with my clothes on in quite a long time. <laughs> but I don't have my pants on, so yes. it's just a Zoom. Mm. Right? Well, my face is hurting from uh, laughing still. So, oh, man. What uh, a hoot. Yeah. You know, right before we came on, I saw something as I was scrolling through Facebook, a fun little tidbit. Were you aware of this uh, tour that's going on? I don't know how wide the tour is, but it's a Beatles tribute. I think it's mostly like a 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper that includes um, Christopher Cross, Todd Rundgren, uh, Jason Sheff. I'm not sure who else, but... Um, yeah, it's 50 years ago today is what it's called. Yeah. Okay. Um and it was a post from Jason Sheff. And it was just a little snip of video of them performing and him jumping around, playing the bass, having a good time. And his caption was something I'm paraphrasing, but it was, when it feels this good, it's like my buddy Tristan Bowden says, it's like power steering. Oh. Remember he said that. That's his line. <laughs> like I always say, it's like power steering. Yeah. So, huh. And there's proof right there from Jason Sheff. Right, I'm stealing that. If Jason can steal it, I can steal it. Yeah. And apparently they're good buddies still, so that's good news. Cool. Awesome. Well, should we float this boat on into the lightning round? Let's do it. All right. So let's... Well, I'll let you go first since I opened with that little tidbit. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I wasn't... I wasn't prepared to go first, but I, I will. So I'm going to revisit some old territory um, because I wanted to see if there's an update. Um, we talked <laughs> about this months ago about whether the folksy side of Kenny Loggins mm. floats your boat, thinking of like the, you know, the Messina days, right? Yeah. And at the time yeah. you said absolutely all of it. Vahivala, mm -hmm. whatever, Danny. So I don't know right. about Danny song so much, but uh, so I want to ask you: Is that still the case? And in particular, a song like Heartlight. Can you feel the love that's in my heart? Can you see the flame we got to stop? Burning like a beacon in the night. Oh,
I would say I have evolved in that regard. Uh, I I still love the the early login stuff uh, with Messina and uh, I, it's funny I like the logins and Messina stuff better than I like the early login solo stuff. And then later on, by the time we get to High Adventure, I'm all in on the login stuff again. But in terms of if the question is, does it feel like it's Yachty? Does it? It's I'm probably gradually removing some of those things from my yacht rock playlist as they come up in shuffle because I'm I'm definitely noticing okay they don't fit but it's like you know what am I doing am I am I tr- when I'm listening to my yacht rock playlist am I trying to be you know genre specific or am I just trying to have a good listen right you know? yep so kind of like well, you say with the capital Y yacht rock or small Y yacht rock exactly yeah so the capital Y capital R is technical yacht rock as just uh, <laughs> and then there's the small letters which is kind of what everyone else uh, erroneously thinks it is uh, yeah so a song like Heartlight on on your list oh. or off your list probably off from a technical standpoint yeah, yeah. probably should be off in my uh, but it's not <laughs> all that stuff is still on my list so uh, definitely well, I'd have to check to clarify but yeah. if it comes up I would probably say remove from this list it would stay in my west coast AOR list though. Right, absolutely all right what do you got that uh, does or does not float my boat well I have a question for you regarding pointer sisters I had this one saved a while back and I couldn't remember why so I went back and listened to it again I'll give you a, a quick hit on the personnel so Richard Perry was producing at the time this is from 1982 Nathan East is on bass guitars are Lee Rittenauer and Paul Jackson Jr Paulino da Costa is on there since is Greg Fillingaines and Robbie Buchanan so uh, obviously sure sounds like it should be Yachty. Y- Yacht personnel. So the question isn't necessarily, do you think this is Yachty? This song has not been rated by the OGs, but uh, I want to play a section of it and uh, I will ask you the question after I play it. So here we go. So that's Heartbeat from 1982. The question I have, does that qualify as Doobie Bounce, in your opinion? Was, would that be an example of Doobie Bounce? Mm, boy, I am not the uh, certified technician on Doobie Bounce. I would say it's close, but not exactly. But it's um, the, the bigger question, which you're not asking, th- that definitely floats my boat. So it must have something yeah. in there, which I used to be a default no on Pointer Sisters. And the more I hear, the more I'm starting to become a default yes. Yeah, because it doesn't sound like uh, R&B. Right. There's definitely R&B influence, but you don't hear that track and go, oh, that's an R&B tune. There's something else going on. It's a poppy song with some R&B influence. So I would say definitely yes. And I, I, I definitely hear Doobie Bounce in that. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, well, what have you got that's a buried treasure outside of that one, which, by the way, is going on my list because I didn't know that tune? This one's buried from Michael McDonald. What? I know that maybe is kind of hard to believe. The reason it's buried, it could have probably been an off-the-map thing. It's from 1990. So, um, But it, what I found interesting, besides the fact that it has uh, yacht personnel on it, I mean, Ted Templeman producing, it's got Michael Landau on guitar, Abe Laboreal, Jeff Percaro, Kirk Whalen plays the, the sax lead. So he's still using, obviously, those cats. But the thing that caught my attention was this song is co-written by Paul Carrick. Hmm. 
which I, I did not know there was necessarily an association there. But from 1990, this is Michael McDonald and a song called Love Can Break Your Heart. So, uh, Paul Carrick, if people don't remember who that is, that's the lead singer of Ace, Squeeze, Mike of the Mechanics, that Paul Carrick. Right. Yeah. That's correct. That's a really, really good tune, man. I totally buried for me. Never heard of it. How many times do you suppose, in re- even just recording, forget live, how many times in his career has Michael McDonald said the word baby? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question. The answer is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. Well, I'm going to sort of break the rules like you did because okay. you went to 1990 yep. uh, for buried treasure. Right. I'm going to the year 2014. Mm. Um, after last week's episode, you recommended the uh, Chicago Now album, right? Which Tris played on, right? right? So I go and check that out, and I am absolutely blowed away. Blowed away, right out of the gate. Oh. Right out of the gate. Like you said, it's classic Chicago with modern production, yeah. whether that's good or bad. But uh, the classic Chicago part. The very first tune just, again, blowed me away. It's called Now, appropriately. Let's hear a little of that. Yep, I love that album. And All Will Be Revealed. There's so many great songs on that record. But uh, that that's probably the, the most power pop song on the record. And uh, that would have been the hit. Had had they, you know, had radio still yep. cared, that would have been the hit. That would have been the hit. It's a hit in my book. Yep. So and good yep. drumming by uh, our friend Tris there. Yes. It almost kind of feels like power steering, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'd steal it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just didn't think it would be so soon. Right. (laughs) It's before I forget. Yeah. So I am going, it's my turn, right? So I'm going to give you a uh, off the map. Correct. All right. So we heard Tris at the end uh, here tease this album um, for which we are going to have guests Vernon Porter and his uh, compatriot TJ George on the show to talk about this forthcoming release that Tris uh, played on. And because in this episode we talked so much about Richard Page, yep. the song that I – it's definitely off the map because it's just coming out in the year 2022. But you'll see how Yachty the personnel is on this record that TJ and Vernon put together yeah. um, next time we talk about it. So until then, here's a little tease from a song that was co-written by Richard Page and his granddaughter. you got to hear the story. Melia Miracle. Uh, and sung by his daughter, right? Asia Page. Yep. And Asia yep. is spelt just like the Steely Dan reference that it has That's to right. be. Here's a tune called Catatonic. How could you vanish out the door? 
story man you better have your tissues ready for that man. Oh, wow and the music's really good too which we're going to get back to yes when we have yeah. those guys on so all right what have you now all right for, uh, a final off the map for this episode uh, going back to the band chicago but this is pre-tris uh hmm. this is from 18 chicago 18 and uh, Foster's still producing. This is actually the last album that Foster produces with them. And he's still got, obviously, the Cats, Michael Landau, Lukather, Buzz Featon, uh, obviously Champlin's in the band now. So yachty characters through and through. But they did a song that was co-written by Steve Kipner. Familiar with him, right? Oh, yeah. And Bobby Caldwell. And I just oh my I, I really love this song. And uh, I'm going to offer it up as an off-the-map suggestion. It's called Niagara Falls. At the So that definitely has the sound of uh, what you would call evil David Foster. Are you still saying that? Uh, yeah, it depends. Is he listening? <laughs> uh, he probably called himself evil. The way I mean, we talked about that uh, documentary right. of his where he basically throws himself under the bus as being evil David Foster. Uh, 1988 yeah. for that? Uh, it sounds like it's a little late. Uh, 86. 86. Okay. I was going to guess between 86 and 88 just based sonically. So... Anyways, all right. Yeah, but he would have been ahead of the curve, so your 88 is probably a good call. Yeah, everyone Foster was emulating that sound in 88. Right. Right. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode. Thanks again to Tristan Bowden for joining us, for entertaining us, for enlightening us. And yeah. uh, he'll be back in spirit, like I said, when we talked to Vernon Porter, his good buddy, and TJ George about a really cool project coming up. So anything else before we go, John? If we do get Tris back to do another album, we have to let him end the show, though. Because you know what he'll say, right? I have no idea. Probably something hilarious. Like Ahoy Polloi? Ahoy Polloi?